0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Second Take. Today, we are exclusively talking about Ja Morant, the man with the gun, the shooter, the gangsta, right? You don't know that boy, as Lil Wayne would say. Um, we are doing a head-to-head comparison As we all know, he is going to be returning to action in about a week from now. Today is the 12th of December. As we record, he becomes eligible to play again after serving a 25-game suspension on the 19th. That is the soonest he can return to action against the Pelicans. And in honor of that wonderful event, we are going to do a head-to-head comparison of John Morant. And we are going to start right off with a recent riser. A star in the making, Jalen Brunson. Ryan, who would you pick between John Morant and Jalen Brunson to be your lead guard?
1: Absolutely. And you know, I like how you say lead guard because I think Jalen Brunson's a really good example of a lead guard, a leader of a team, a guy who runs the team. He's not very athletic. He's a big body point guard, but his mind, his footwork, they're just elite. He's really efficient. 44% from three, but the thing about Jalen Brunson compared to John Morant, as we know, John Morant's a star type player. People look at him as a star. People watch the Grizzlies to see John Morant, right? He's flashy. He gets a lot of big dunks. Um, And, you know, John Morant's really young. This will be his fifth year in the NBA. Uh, Feels like he still has room to improve and to get better. And I feel like Jalen Brunson has maxed out on his peak potential, right? He's like a 24 and six guy right now. Um, and to be fair, I mean, it's not a bad thing. He's a lot better than I thought he would be even on his little run in Dallas when he kind of went crazy in the playoffs and got that big contract definitely earned that contract. Um, but my thing is, I don't think Jalen Brunson is a number one option. Like John Morant is Jalen Brunson might be better off as your third best player. Maybe second, depending on who's on your team. And I just think John Morant is a star who you want leading your team in the playoffs. So I go with Job ja because of the ceiling he gives to your team. Well, I see Brunson as more of a floor raiser, prevents you from being bad to a certain point when John Morant gives you more of a chance to win big time games. I agree with that take 100%. I think you've nailed it right on the head.
0: Jalen Brunson is a floor raiser. Um, your ceiling if he is your best player is what we kind of saw out of the Knicks last year, right? Second-round exit maybe can surprise some some teams in the first round. Don't think you're really building a championship-caliber team if he is your lead guard, maybe alongside a Giannis or a Jokic, but you can throw almost dang near anybody next to those guys and you have a championship-caliber team. So that's really not saying much. Um, Just for some stats purposes, just to throw this out. Morant last season, that's how I'm going to base this off. It's 26.2 points per game, 6 rebounds per game, 5.9. So 6 rebounds per game and 8 assists a game. Last year, uh, 46.5% from the field, 30% from three. So he's really, you know, he's a streaky shooter. There are times when he can get hot from three. As we saw in the playoff series against LA, but not really consistent enough to be much of a threat. You definitely gap him. You go under on ball screens. And three and a half turnovers a game. So he's relatively turnover prone. Brunson, averaging 25 points per game this year, basically 24.8, three and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, 46% from the field, 46 and a half. So identical field goal percentage. Compared to John Morant last season, 44% from three. That is the one area that Jalen Brunson is definitively better than John Morant in. Way better shooter. Um, And only two turnovers a game. So he definitely makes less mistakes as your lead guard. Um, But like you were saying, Jalen Brunson just doesn't have the it factor that a number one caliber player needs and John Morant does. Um, but it was a lot closer than I thought after looking at the stats.
1: Yeah, you know, Jalen Brunson, like I mentioned, he earned the contract. I honestly even thought he was overpaid when he first went to New York. Turned out to be a lot bigger signing than I think a lot of people realized. He's definitely a good player. Um, but, you know, John Morant, just, he has that that star. He has those intangibles. That just lead him over the top of this matchup, well, speaking to Brunson's contract, is there a better contract in the NBA right now? For a player of his caliber, there's there's very few to be paying that guy just a little over twenty twenty million for a all star all nBA caliber type guard. yeah, I mean, i I do think it's a lot closer
0: than people think, especially because Brunson, you know, he really is a leader. As soon as he got to New York, the attitude of that team changed. Whereas John Morant, is he the type of guy you want leading your franchise? Just, you know, personality wise, that's, that's a big question. But as far as what they do and are capable of on the court, John Morant is a better basketball player. He's just more explosive. He's got the star it factor, but Brunson you know he's one of those blue collar you know lunch pail type players where he does the dirty work he'll get in there he'll beat you his way he can you know just ask Donovan Mitchell what happens every year hey. in the playoffs um so and I'm leaning Morant but yeah. as far as contract goes Brunson's probably the best contract in the NBA
1: well and to be fair I mean Jalen Brunson Is almost as if a normal person made the NBA in a way, right? He's not super tall, he's not super athletic, doesn't have any of those crazy things, but he's just—he's really smart. Plays with fundamentals. He controls what he can control, and it's got him to where he's at right now. And the the funniest thing is, is he is a post
0: god. Mm -hmm. That's only—that's barely six foot tall. You know, I mean, (laughs) he—he'll back you down and hit that little fadeaway. It's it's funny to watch Jalen Brunson play because I'm like, how does this guy score so efficiently? It's just all footwork, bro. It's all footwork. Oh, yeah. Where Ja Morant is way more flash. But, you know, Morant can finish at the rim. He's top three finisher at the rim in the NBA. Oh, yeah. jump, jump over people. Three, so Yeah. Um, and then he's also, you know, it might be volume, but he's a... A bit better of a playmaker uh, than Jalen Brunson is, maybe just because he has the ball in his hands more. Um, But assist-wise, it's not really close. They can score comparably. Brunson's a better shooter, but it really is that it factor for me when it comes to Morant. All right. um, Moving on to the next player comparison for John Morant. We have Trey Young. and I thought this was a bit closer than people may realize, but who would you lean towards when it comes to Trey young or John Morant?
1: Yeah. So kind of getting into this matchup. I mean, when we talk about shooting the ball, Trey young does shoot the ball better from deep than John Morant. um, Even though he's a little inefficient everywhere else. Um, He also passes the ball better. I would also argue his usage is one of the highest in the NBA in terms of having the ball in his hands and doing stuff. So for him not to put up numbers would mean he's not really that great. So he should be putting up good numbers as that lead player on that team. Um, he is really small. I mean, I know he's listed at 6'1", and Brant's listed at 6'2", but let's be real, I don't think it's that close. He's also like 164, and he's not a good defender. John Morant, on the other hand, is capable of defending, uh, mostly due to he's bigger and he's way more athletic. Um John Morant is so much, like you mentioned, he's so dominant inside and you know he wants to go inside, but you still can't stop John Morant from going inside. It's just one of those things. He's just so good at it and you still can't stop him. Um, Trey Young also turns the ball over more than John Morant. Career average a little over four. Jaws, as you mentioned, a little over three. Um... So in young's efficiency concerns, uh, like I mentioned, he shoots like 41, 42% the last couple of years. Uh, he shoots a lot of tough jumpers and he doesn't get the same rim attempts as jaw due to his size and athleticism. Um, young does have that conference finals run though, that I feel like some people have forgotten about and he's shown that he can come up big in the playoffs. Like he can perform when there's a big time moment and he can be a guy that can win you games. But I would pick John Morant because I see him as a more dominant first option who doesn't need as much usage as Trey Young. Mm Trey Young could be really nice second guy or he needs to play with a really good wing or big, but John can also play with other guards. I mean, he plays with Desmond Bain and they fit together really well, whereas you know, Dejounte Murray playing next to Trey young Murray doesn't look as good as he did in San Antonio and he doesn't get the ball as much and he's just not being utilized in the same way. So I like John Moran over Trey young. It's not like a huge gap, but I, I, I give Ja the overall edge due to the efficiency and the dominance that, um, you can't stop him from going inside.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, it's funny because the type of player Trey Young is is the type of player that I enjoy because it's easier to relate to a Trey Young than a John Morant, right? I don't, I'm don't, i not over here with a 45-inch vertical, crazy long arms, crazy athleticism. Um, Trey Young, you know, really good shooter, tight handle, uh, good playmaker, knows how to get other players involved. But I do think Trey Young's assist stats are a bit inflated due to his usage. Right? It's the Luka Doncic effect. The Luka Doncic archetyped. He's just smaller. Where because he has the ball constantly, he's going to get people involved. Right. And kudos to him because there are players that have the ball all the time that aren't able to do that. Um but the biggest difference for me between Trey and Morant is the efficiency. So Just to lay this out, Trey Young has 27.2 points per game this year so far, 2.8 rebounds, 10.6 assists, only 41% from the field. So barely over 40%. And he's shooting 35% from the three-point line. His best year, I think he's only ever shot 37% from three. So a lot of that has to do with the type of shots he consistently shoots. Now, it begs the question... If Trey Young didn't shoot those threes from half court, 30-foot setbacks, would he actually be a better player? Right? Just because you can shoot it and make it,
1: should you really? I mean, I don't know if it would make him a better player, to be honest, because even though he's a threat, because because he's a threat out there, the defense has to pick him up higher. And I get it. I don't know his exact numbers from, like, the deep three range, right? Because we know he shoots them, Dame shoots them, Steph shoots them, and Steph and Dame shoot them really well. Um, I'm not sure how he shoots them, but if he shoots them at a decent clip, he should be shooting them probably because it makes the defense come out and extend on him. But I see what you're saying. I think his biggest issue is, like like you said, a Luka or a Tatum or a LeBron kind of thing where he's shooting difficult threes. So compared to, you know, maybe a one dribble pull-up deep three, he's also shooting step-back threes over guys bigger than him at the end of the shot clock, a lot more off the dribble contested stuff, right, um, where he just has the ball in his hands and he has to kind of just get something up there. And the three-point shot might be his easiest one to get since he's so small and it's not going to be able to finish inside unless he has the opportunity. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's just one of those things I'm surprised by his shot selection. I know he's an excellent shooter. He has a track record of making those shots, You know, maybe one out of every three. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean that. I don't really think that's an excuse to shoot it, though. Um, Since he's so good in the pick and roll, I feel like if he just had a little bit more discipline in terms of how he scored the ball, we'd be looking at a 30-point-per-game shooter shooting 45% from the field. And he definitely has the skill to shoot 40% from three if he just dialed in a bit instead of shooting from 30 feet, on toe- the line a little bit more, right? Um, but ultimately, for me, Morant gets the edge for one reason. Team success is more consistent with John Morant, right? We all remember Trey Young's crazy conference final run when he basically sent Ben Simmons to China. But ever since then, the Hawks have underperformed. They went and made that big trade for DeJounte Murray. What have they done since? They're currently sitting 10th in the East right now. In the East. And John Morant, whenever he's healthy, the Grizzlies went from a really fun young team to the playoffs his second year. To a first-round playoff victory, to home court advantage with the second seed in the West. All right, we've cons- we've consistently seen improvement from the teams with John ja Morant on the- on them. Whereas Trey Young, he's always kind of been a bottom feeder, outside of that one magical run, that again he sent Ben Simmons to China.
1: Yeah, I also think part of the issue with Trey Young is like a lot of players who have very high usage. And just play with the ball in their hand. He doesn't do anything off ball for himself. Like, he doesn't get catch and shoot threes. um, Just because, kind of like James Harden, uh, he just takes himself out of the play as soon as he passes it, right? Kind of runs back up uh, to like almost half court type of thing and just kind of chills till he gets the ball. um, Never runs off any screens or anything like that. I think if he were at least putting himself in positions to catch and shoot the ball or run off of screens, he would shoot better from three because he would get easier shots. But at the same time, you know, taking the ball out of his hands means he needs to have kind of better teammates. And I think I remember seeing a stat that the Hawks are basically the most mediocre team. Their record over their last so many games, the last few seasons, is like exactly 500, basically. So they're like, they're always OK. They're never great. Um So. That's an interesting thing. And like you mentioned, John Morant is now a guy that we just relate to. If you have him and he's playing, you're probably in the playoffs. It feels like he's the type of guy at this point. um, As long as you have a competent team around him, um, you're going to be a winning regular season team. Granted, I do think Trey
0: Young's overall offensive game is more polished, meaning he's a three-level scorer. He can score at the rim. He's got a killer floater. Free throw-wise, he's a knockdown free throw shooter. And three-point, you have to respect his shot. Whereas John Morant, you can go under on ball screens and you'll live. Right? However, Trey Young has a glaring weakness on defense. And he is very turnover-prone. Whereas John Morant, yeah, he's pretty high turnover as well. But he's just more of an efficient player. Now, I do think John Morant has had better teammates over the course of his career. So the whole team team success comparison might be a bit unjust. But I don't think by much. If you look at the Hawks, you know, DeJounte Murray, and Capella, they have a lot of players that should be better. Than what they're currently playing, and it begs the question: Is Trey does Trey Young play a part of that? I don't know, Uh, but I would go with John Morant over Trey Young. Is there a world where Trey Young could become
1: a better player? My biggest thing, because like as you mentioned, Trey Young has more skill on the offensive side of the ball. But like I mentioned, John Morant, you know what he wants to do, and you still can't stop him, which is just. When you do that, you know you can be dominant and you know you can be really good, especially once you start expanding other parts of your game. Honestly, Trey, the only reason why Trey Young is not better is because he's not, because of his efficiency and his lack of defense. I don't think Trey Young will ever be better than Ja Morant just because I don't know if he'll ever be at least a, he doesn't have to be a plus defender but he just can't be such a negative defender, right? If he was just slightly negative, just a little bit, um, I think that would give him a chance and he would have to up his change his efficiency, but that would either require him to make sacrifices he's not used to, or the Hawks to just get a better team with a better player than him. And then at that point, we wouldn't think of him as a lead guard or a guy running the team. We'd look at the other guy over him and I think it would take a little bit away from Trey Young overall so I to answer your question no I don't think it will get to that point valid point let us know in
0: the comments who you're taking between Trey Young and John ja Morant um, I know these are both polarizing players for their own respective reasons hopefully John Morant can figure out a three-point shot so that his career can extend um, that's my one pet peeve with them We don't want him turning into another Russell Westbrook where at the tail end of his career he becomes irrelevant because he's just too special for a player. But All right, now moving on to our last player head-to-head for John Morant. This one was very, very difficult. Um, De'Aaron Fox. Ever since that Tyrese Halliburton trade, he has been balling out of his mind. Uh, This year he's averaging 30.5 points per game. 4.7 rebounds, 6.5 assists, 48% from the field, 37% from the three-point line, and only 2.3 turnovers. Um, For the amount of usage he's getting, that is pretty insane. Currently, the Sacramento Kings are sitting at 6th in the West.
1: Ryan, who you taking between De'Aaron Fox and John Morant? This was by far the hardest matchup. Like this one, they're just both right there. Um, In terms of athleticism, Fox is faster, but Ja Morant jumps better. So John gets the edge, um, finishing mostly due to his jumping ability. Fox is still good. He just is not the high riser. He's more of a speed guy. Fox is a lot better mid-range shooter, Mm. and he's super clutch. He won the Clutch Player of the Year last year. Um, Like you said, shooting 37% from three this year on eight attempts, which are both career highs, still early, but he's never even shot close to that before this year. This is by far the best, the most improvement we've seen. Fox also gets less assists than John Morant throughout his career, but Fox has been playing with either Halliburton or Sabonis for most of that, which are also both great passers, so he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands as much and worry Um about passing it more often so his usage is slightly lower than like a guy like trey young or even maybe jalen brunson um the thing is i see john morant with more potentials and number one option than fox i mean fox like you said he's having an elite year so far um and i think he's a high level two right now especially if he keeps this up I just think Jaw has that extra step where he can be the best player on a title-contending team. I think he has it in him. Um, but honestly, with Aaron Fox over Jaw Morant, mostly because of Jaw's off-court situations last year, the other two players, I think he was good enough for me to justify taking Jaw over them. But it's not the case with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, he missed a big part of last year, and he's missed a big part of this year, and the team is struggling without him. And being available is important to your team, and it's important to your success, and it's probably the thing that matters the most and why we criticize the guys who get hurt so often is just because they're not there for their team. I mean, I really believe Jaw has the number one option potential in him with his ability to pass and be unstoppable, going to the basket. But today, right now I'm taking De'Aaron Fox, more stable player, uh, looked at as a better leader at the moment. And I want to hear what you think about this one. What if we took the whole off court
0: antics out of the table, out of the picture, De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's been pretty available, but he's also had a track record of, Getting injured. There were three years there where he didn't even crack 60 games. Um, so let's just take the whole John Morant suspension, sweep it under the rug. Let's just say that hypothetically it was a one-off crazy scenario that we'll never see again, which hopefully that is the case. Who are you taking?
1: In that case, I would pick John Morant because my biggest thing is. I know D. Aaron Fox right now looks like a better shooter, and he always was mid-range wise. But from three, he's been like comparable, if not worse, to what John Morant has been in his career. And he's played in the NBA longer. Um, and so I would more so be concerned about how legitimate and consistent this can be, right? It's been a fourth of the NBA season so far. Like, can he sustain the success? Is it legit? I mean, I believe his scoring is legit, but that also has more to do with the uh, three-point attempts from Fox. So, like I said, I like Jaw. I also, you know, Darren Fox does have the intangibles. He made the playoffs. He played well. But I think, I still think Ja Morant has that superstar in him. I mean, we've seen it before. He's had monster playoff series multiple times. I think he averaged 38 against Golden State one year. I I would go with draw over Fox if we're taking out injuries and suspensions. Okay, even
0: with the whole on court and off court antics, excluding that, if we're if we're just sweeping that under the rug, I'm going to Aaron Fox. Right, I went back to my preseason point guard rankings. I had De'Aaron Fox right at number three, I think. I do not think that this three-point shooting is a fluke. I think it's a sign of his work ethic and his desire to get better as a player. Um, Athletically, they're both comparable. They're both athletic in different ways, as you said. De'Aaron Fox, though, has now proven himself to be a three-level scorer. He can get to the rim, his mid range is deadly. We all know that. He's a better free throw shooter. He can also shoot the three now. Um, his historical career three point percentage is right around 32.5%, whereas John ja Morant is at 32%. So they're comparable career wise. The big difference here is I think John ja Morant or De'Aaron Fox has turned the table when it comes to um shooting the three. So I'm going to take Darren Fox, mostly because he's a little bit more engaged on defense. He can take your number one guard out of the picture. And two, he's a bit more careful with the ball. Right? He doesn't turn the ball over a lot. I think Sabonis, playing alongside Sabonis, affects his assist numbers a bit, whereas Ja Morant is the primary playmaker on his team. So I'm going with... De'Aaron Fox over John ja Morant, mostly because he's got his head screwed on straight. And even if we were neglecting the John ja Morant off-court issues, he's now proven that he can score on all three levels. So until John ja Morant can make that adapt- adaptation to his game, where he can shoot 35% or higher from three, I'm taking De'Aaron Fox.
1: Okay, okay. And I honestly think De'Aaron Fox, his improvement has come from his need to expand his game because I think if you were to take away like his shooting and give him the less skill, uh, give him the similar skill as Ja Morant, shooting-wise, Ja's the, clearly the better player because of the finishing. So ja, uh, Fox was already good, but he had to add the mid-range, and then he had to add the three-point mark like you said he's also a lot older he's been in the league longer and you know he has been a little bit hidden because the kings have not been a good basketball team until last year been like 20 years before they were good and you know i think that's a big thing is as you mentioned before we've seen john Morant's team success we've seen his team be good grizzlies have definitely been better than the kings in recent history until really this year and we're a lot used to seeing a lot more used to seeing John Morant in the postseason as opposed to we've seen Fox there once. And so I think that has a lot to do um, with my thinking too. But also, I mean, if I were to compare both players' fourth years, I do like John Morant a little better, and I do think John Morant still has his room to improve. Like I said, I I just believe John Morant can be a number one type of guy. He does have to add a little bit more to his game, but you know, this this one's really close because I think they're similar types of players, just Fox is a little older and has expanded his game more. Yeah, I think
0: it comes down to John Morant has kind of taken, was able to take his leap sooner. Right, really after his second year, his third and his fourth year, he started averaging 27 plus. Whereas De'Aaron Fox, it's taken him... It took him till his fourth season to start averaging twenty five a game. And this is the first year where DeAaron Fox has become a reliable three point shooter, which then bumped his points per game to thirty. Um, right. So he really has kind of taken his leap later in his career. Whereas I'm not sure if there's much John Morant could do outside of add a jump shot to improve. Now, if he adds that three point shot to his game to where he could attempt five six a game and make two or three then there's not a question there really isn't a a, a question of who's a better player because at that point morant's going to be a perpetual 30 point per game score but i just think De'Aaron fox i i am drinking the kool-aid on De'Aaron fox i'm doubling down in the off season when we did our top 10 point guard list i had him ranked three a lot of people call me crazy for that i am doubling down i do not think what he's what's going on right now in, San, in Sacramento, is a fluke. I think it's just what we're going to see out of him over the next two or three years in, in what De'Aaron Fox's peak will be. Yeah, John ja Morant maybe has yet to reach that, so I can see how he has a little bit more potential. He's younger. He has more room to grow, whereas this might be the best version of De'Aaron Fox that we see. But even still, if this is the best, we're going to get 30 points a game, six to seven assists, four or five rebounds. One and a half steals, you know, only turning the ball over two times, that's big. I mean, it's dang near
1: half. Yeah. And, I you know, if if De'Aaron Fox is able to keep up his shooting and his low turnovers and have another great playoffs this year, and the Kings maybe make a little bit of noise, I might feel differently about it because um, he could be an MVP candidate based on how his season is going. The Kings would have to be a little bit better of a team. But I do know he missed a couple games to start the year and they kind of struggled then. So with him they're definitely they've been a lot better of a team. So we'll see what happens there. But that's really what would move the needle for me is if Fox keeps up the shooting and the low turnovers. Because he's never he's never even shot this much volume from three in his career. Like this is the most volume. So I'm surprised he's made as big of a jump as he has in that department. Instead of most guys, you'll see it consistently stack up over time. And he just all of a sudden just took a huge step so far. I think it just, it just probably calls
0: to his work ethic. He's definitely put in time in the lab to get his jumper, right. And he's realized that he's so fast and so herky jerky that you know, have fun trying to guard up on him from the three. So I think he honestly just realized, if I can make this, I'm unguardable. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's proving to be right right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, if Sacramento makes a somewhat of a playoff run, even just wins a playoff series, he's already matched John ja Morant in terms of playoff success. Morant's really only got one playoff series victory against Minnesota back when... Anthony Edwards was a mere child. You know, his his first or second year in the the league. So Uh, not much playoff success to write home about the Grizzlies. Um, Yeah, I just love De'Aaron Fox, man. Give me all the stuff you can. The only thing that might blemish De'Aaron Fox's career, and it has nothing to do with him, is the success of Tyrese Halliburton Mm. and how the Kings had to make a choice between him and Tyrese. Because ultimately, I am not under the camp. Some people say that they didn't even have to trade Tyrese. I totally disagree. I don't think those two could reach their max potential playing alongside each other. We're seeing that out of Tyrese right now. But if Tyrese Halliburton, who I think has the potential to be better than both of these players really blossoms into the player that we feel. And many people feel that he can be,
1: how do you think that's going to affect how we look at De'Aaron Fox? I mean, it currently, like you said, I think it already currently affects how people look at De'Aaron Fox. Cause we're seeing Tyrese Halliburton kind of step up into his moment, right? It feels like he's had his, like, you know, Steph had his little moment there and we, Like we see guys every once in a while just have their moment when they pop out into superstardom. And it feels like Tyrese Halliburton has really had that with the NBA and playing tournament where he showed everyone who he is. He stepped up in big time moments. And, you know, he's definitely a better player than Sabonis, but kind of like you've said before, I know in the past, I really feel like this was a win-win trade for both sides because Halliburton wasn't going to be this player with Fox, and Fox wasn't going to be the player he is now playing next to him is just they needed the ball a little bit more. Not like they're neither guy is like the Trey young usage usage kind of thing where um, you take the ball out of his hands and he does absolutely nothing for you. Like, I feel like both guys still try to help their teams in other ways, even though they do happen to have the ball. I just, it had to happen for the success of not only the Kings franchise, but for all the players involved as well. Pacers also won because You know, they are playing, what is it, Miles Turner and Sabonis together, and they got Sabonis out of there. So it's just like literally everyone involved in this trade It ended up benefiting. But people are always going to say, if Halliburton becomes, keeps trending up, they're just going to look at it like, oh, you know, the Kings lost this trade. Like, look at what the Pacers have done. But I also think career success can change that. If Fox goes out and he's just a playoff baller and the Kings do great in the playoffs every year, and if he wins a championship one day, I think that's only chance he doesn't get overshadowed by Tyrese. It kind of sucks, man, because I really do think
0: Fox is having his – his. I mean, I guess it's not breakout year because last year probably was that, um, making the playoffs, getting home court advantage. But he's taking another leap, and I think it's going under the radar. Nobody's talking about Darren Fox. Everyone's talking about Tyrese Halliburton because he's the new shiny toy. He really is right this year. He's exploding 25 a game plus 12 assists a game, you know, insane. But De'Aaron Fox is putting up monster numbers and I really think it's going under the radar, which is another reason why I'm going with De'Aaron Fox over John Morant, because whenever John Morant does anything, it's on the news.
1: Yeah, you never see that with De'Aaron Fox. Well, Fox just isn't as polarizing as a figure as Morant. Morant has a much bigger personality. He's a much louder person, a lot more flashy, like we talked about. Fox is a lot more, and that, not like, qu- he's quiet in terms of media and showing off and all of that stuff. He's just not as flashy, um, and so that also has a big part to do with it, right? Like, Jaw has a signature shoe. For that reason, people turn on the TV to watch John Morant. He's one of those guys. Whereas De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's not out there doing the gritty on the court. So, you know, he doesn't get quite the audience outside of like big time basketball fans or Kings fans.
0: Yeah. Well, there you have it. That's our player head to head for John Morant. Let us know again who you're taking between De'Aaron Fox and John Morant. That was a tough one for us to decide. Um, Let us know, and as always, like, subscribe, comment um, to the channel.